Well, it is Tuesday, and I mean, wow, Mona. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? Anything going on in the world? I don't know. Was this one of those uh, late last night when the uh, Georgia indictments came down? One of those, where were you? Where were you and how did you hear about it thing? Because I was asleep. Where were you? <laughs> okay, so th- I'm, this will probably destroy my reputation. So I'm kind of wrestling with it, but since this is this is a you know just between us type thing, yeah. My wife and I were rewatching my favorite series of all time. Oh, what's that? The 1995 version of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, oh, with um, Colin Firth. Colin Firth, yes. Yeah. I've been kind of on a binge. This is kind of, you know, I talked with Tim on Friday about, you know, some of the therapy you do. And I, believe it or not, Jane Austen is like one of my go-to things. Well, I did not know this about you, Charlie, but that well, is, that is, that just enhances your reputation mm-hmm. in my eyes. I mean, I think it's the only version of Pride and Prejudice that's worth watching is that one. You know, stay away from those oh, other ones. I- it is so good. There are so many good ones. And by the way, the same guy, Andrew Davies, also did a, a three-part Sense and Sensibility, which is outstanding. I know. I, I loved it. Say. Loved it. And I will say that the series are always better than the than the movies. But but I have to say, don't direct message me about Gwyneth Paltrow, but I, th- I thought her Emma was pretty good. I thought that was a well-done, well-acted, well-cast uh, production. In any case, I did ask my wife, I said, you know, do you think it would like wreck my my image of people knew that we were binging on Pride and Prejudice. But so anyway, <laughs> this came up and it was like, we had to have this discussion, like, are you going to watch this or are you going to be half watching Twitter? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this because, you know, I don't need to know it exactly right now. I mean, but of course, you know, in the side, I was looking and, you know, saw the number and things like that. But wow, you had a piece yesterday in Time Magazine, Mona, making the point that, you know, Trials are tricky places for people like Donald Trump, aren't they? They are. Look, I'm not predicting anything about how this trial will be received, but I'm just observing that trials are not like cable TV. They're not like talk radio. They're not like social media. They're not like a lot of places that people have gotten their misinformation over the last seven, eight years, they're all about proof and evidence and truth. And now admittedly, they don't always get to the truth, but they do a lot better than those other fora that I just mentioned. And not only that, but a courtroom is just not hospitable to the kind of thing that Trump always does, you know, and not just Trump, but his allies. So you can't do whataboutism. (laughs) When you're testifying, you know. Well, that's right. That's one of the major right. cards. You know, Trump is not going to testify himself, obviously, and you can't play the go-to whataboutism. You can't stand up in the court of law and say, yes, but your honor, let's talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. That's just not going to fly. It's not going to fly in any of these courts. That's exactly right. And as we are now sort of wading into There are also rules about attempting to intimidate witnesses, witness tampering. Of course, there are rules about lying under oath. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so this is not the greatest forum for Trump's techniques. And I, you know, continue to think it's possible that considering the tens of millions of people who have been so poorly served by those information silos that we talk about all the time, but that 
a trial just might be enough to break through, at least with some people, some otherwise reasonable Republicans and or in, you know Republican-leaning independents who right, really the don't key. know yeah. what Trump has done. They really don't. They have a vague idea and they've been influenced by the fact that you know, he says, well, what about Russia, Russia, Russia? That proved to be nothing. He was vindicated. He, you know, he, he was proved that that was all nonsense. And people have not looked into it closely, think, oh, yeah, you know, that's probably right. But a trial is a whole different thing. It has a capacity to hold you. I completely agree. And, you know, just a couple of things you mentioned there. You can't intimidate witnesses. Um, You're not supposed to be uh, trying to influence the jury. He has been lectured about that time and again. He now faces judges in uh, Florida. Eileen Cannon will put her aside for the moment. Uh, Judges in in New York, in Washington, D.C., and now in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, each one of them has to make a decision how much leeway are they going to give him because there's no indication whatsoever that he's paying any attention to any of these warnings or any of these requirements. In fact, just yesterday, before the indictments came down, he put out a statement telling the former Republican lieutenant governor who had said he was going to be testifying before the grand jury not to testify. I mean, that is clearly in violation of the law. You are not supposed to do that. And I understand that you're going to give a certain amount of leeway to a presidential candidate who has First Amendment rights. But what do you think Donald Trump is doing? Clearly, he's daring the judge. He's baiting the judge. Does he want to play the political martyr? Does he just can't control himself? What do you think is going on right now? So, yeah, that's such an interesting question. I'm not sure exactly. I do think there has to be a part of him. Let's let's remember that this guy, even long before he became involved in politics, has always skated incredibly yeah. close to the line of what's allowed and what's not allowed. And he has always figured He's always away that he could get away with things that ordinary people couldn't. And mostly the world has, has ratified that yes. view. Right. And so, you know, he may be thinking, yeah, what are they going to do to me? Yeah, they tell me I can't do witness intimidation. What are they going to do? Are they going to slap me in jail? And, you know, he has a point because putting him in jail for contempt is a whole different thing from from putting an ordinary defendant in jail. Unfortunately, that's the reality. Like, imagine if Judge Chutkin, she's the judge in the January 6th case that Jack Smith filed in D.C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine if she were to throw him in jail. You know, uh, right away, then everybody would say, all all of the Trump-leaning people would say, you see, she has it in for him. She's not, you know, and then there would be the, you know, moves to have her recused and on and on and on. I mean, it would, it is more complicated when Donald Trump is the defendant. And so I guess, you know, he is going to push it and push it. But on the other hand, he is the defendant. And there is a point beyond which even a judge who is disinclined to hold him to the standards they would hold other defendants to can't be pushed. You know, you can push only so far and no further. So I have no idea how this is all going to work out. Well, nobody does because we've never been here before, not even close. Right. I think everybody needs to be reminded that that all of the, you know, punditing about, you know, what moving the needle and all of this other stuff. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I think we kind of know what the pattern is. And of course, the usual suspects are saying the usual things. By the way, um, 
you know, in case people who are listening to this podcast have not listened to Will Salatan's, you know, multi-part, just fantastic deep dive into Lindsey Graham. It's not just about Lindsey Graham. It's also about this whole process of, of rationalizing and internalizing all of this. And Lindsey Graham was out there last night defending Donald Trump again. Jonathan Chait has a great tweet right now that Lindsey Graham's argument is basically don't indict Trump at the local level or the federal level. Also, don't impeach him or vote against him. So basically, they basically, instead of like holding Donald Trump accountable for his crimes and his coups, they would prefer to just hand him more power. To listen to the rest of this episode of Just Between Us, become a Bulwark Plus member today. 